Welcome to the Two Devs and a Dude podcast. Not the only podcast where you can sit down and listen to people uh, just yammer on about video games. It's probably about uh, one in five billion of them, but it is the only podcast with me, Jake Kidd from Wraith Games, as well as... Gray McClure, Brigadoon564. I do Twitch stuff and, and founder of Game Over Game On, and you can go check that out on the GoGo Show on YouTube. There's really terrible, dumb videos that probably would have gone somewhere after watching it back if there was better editing. But hey, some people have got to learn. You got to do it somehow. We didn't go to school for it. So strap in, hold on to your butts. It's going to be fun. And who's this other, this third person? Who, who Who's here? Oh yeah, I exist too. Uh, <laughs> everybody, this is Cajun. I'm the host of the Interview Podcast and a game developer. Uh, welcome to the show, I guess. This is what episode is this? This is a uh, nine, eight, or nine now. Eight. Yeah, it's episode eight. Yeah, and I guess if you this is the first time listening and tuning in and all that stuff, um, this episode, the last episode, if you listen to it, it was about E3, and usually we do a game, but this time like E3, nice and special. It, holidays happen, things happened. In the words of the late. National American treasure Jeff Goldblum. He may be Canadian. I don't know. A lot of great American American air quote actors are probably Canadian. Um, life, life finds a way. What do you mean late? I, I, I don't think he passed away, dude. I think he's still. Did I say late? I'm sorry. No, he's still alive. I, I said. I meant just the great national treasure Jeff Goldblum. Now, can... before before this episode airs, one of us has to go kill Jeff Goldblum <laughs> to make this right. But Jurassic World uh, Fallen Kingdom just recently came out, and he's probably on that studio tour doing really cool dinosaur stuff. It'll be easy to find. Yeah. I mean, doesn't he play piano, like, randomly? Oh, uh, speaking of um, actors who, um, who are musicians... Um, where I live in, in Kentucky, the used to be great state until we elected this terrible governor, but that's my opinion. Um, Politics. Yeah, no, not, no, yeah, no. Uh, I just wanted to make that little political jab, just just a little bit, because he's the guy who was like, video games, violence is bad, kids, causes lots, but you can watch, listen to episode one for that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, the... The dude, uh, the dude's cousin or brother, br- Randy Quaid. He has a band, Randy Quaid and the Sharks. They'll be playing somewhere in Kentucky at some time. Maybe they already played. I don't know. That's cool. I don't. I don't so, know. for those of you who have not experienced the Two Devs and a Dude podcast, um, what the what the premise of the show is is that uh, two developers, uh, myself and and Cajun, uh, sit down and we talk with a dude uh, who is. Grant over here um, about game development and video games through our developers perspective and then both Cajun and Grant are experienced podcasters and so I I'm very much not and so uh, we have we have and then two-thirds of the team are podcasters and then two-thirds of the team are developers and uh, every other episode uh, it's all about uh, sitting down and actually playing a game and then dissecting it from a developer and then non-developer perspective. So this is our news. I think we got some great news for you, um, some very different news than what we normally have. But uh, Cajun, would you like to take it away with your topic first? 
Sure. Let me switch over real fast. Let me pull it up on my phone. Oh, uh, just just before, uh, since we actually know what game we're playing this time, or we're not pulling it out of a hat, uh, should we announce that now, and then we can also announce it at at the end of it? Like you know, do a double. Go ahead sure. and announce it. Oh, uh, what is it? Uh, Cajun Cajun picked this uh, this game. Uh, it looks cool. It looks interesting. I have yet to buy it or play it, and I missed it on the Steam sale, and now I'm kind of punching myself in the pants. Um, Oh balls! I for I missed it on Steam sale too. Yeah, Dang it. yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's Beast. I forgot to purchase it while it was on sale. Beastmaster? Uh, Question. Beastmaster. Yeah. Beastman. I'm I'm looking. What was it? Beastmancer. Yes, Beastmancer. And from the looks, that of is the, a felony. Like a, uh, that is a felony in most states. Jay, what? Uh, anyways. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if, if for anyone that's familiar with um, Gladius or uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, or any sort of those other uh, games where you like have soldiers and you move them around in a small battlefield in 3D, uh, taking turns stuff like that, like, it, it's a tactical RPG. I, I don't know the exact subgenre. A, a RTS, um, a real time. Oh well, no, it's a yeah, turn based strategy game. So well, strategy? So, okay. yeah. The I will. I will say this. Um, so a, a th- uh, four different genres of strategy game uh, that really typically matter. There is a tactical RPG. Think Final Fantasy Tactics. Then there's a strategy RPG, which is something more like Fire Emblem. And what really differentiates the two of those is how many units do you have and how zoomed out is your map. Um, then you have, of course, RTS, real-time strategy, which like, is when you do something and your opponents are doing them at the same time, which is more like a... Civ. More like a... Um, Instead of us com- commanding a small force, we're commanding an entire legion, an entire army. A, that is what is typically called a grand strategy game, uh, where you have where you have large-scale large scope, uh, lots of units, and uh, and it's it's more of a world-conquering type of a thing. That's cool. So you learn something new every day. Didn't know there was three. I was just like, ah, it's a strategy game. All right. But there's also a turn-based strategy because I'd already forgotten about grand strategy. But turn-based strategy is like an RTS, but it happens in turns. Crazy that. But yes, Beastmancer is the game. And Cajun, what is that topic you're going to be talking about? Okay. Um, so we are going to be discussing RuneScape, everyone's favorite video game playing back during lunchtime in the library hall. In the computer labs, back when we were all in high school and junior high. I was just going to say, it's everyone's game that everyone who did not play made fun of the people who played. Um, one of our one of our team members, Natalie, uh, she's she's Zammers uh, for, for those on Twitter and also on the Wraith Games uh, Twitch channel. Uh, she is actually hugely enamored with RuneScape, even to this day. Um, she even briefly got me back into the game last year um, for, for a couple months. Uh, so uh, very interested to hear what the news is, Cajun. Yeah, well, just for a quick tangent, all of us one episode, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to play like Gaia or RuneScape or like... Salem, some weird little clubby initially. I would say Club Penguin was still around, but we're gonna have to do that one episode. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun doing it. 
I, I'll play Club Penguin for the span of about 30 seconds because I will force myself to get banned because all you have to do is say like ass and you're just like you're banned I'm like thumbs up I will say but Club Penguin Realm of the Mad God would be a good a good answer for that because I think Realm of the Mad God still holds up I mean I think I play does. I think it really I, does I've never even heard that. I think I played Gaia back in the day. I think that was the one that I played. It was like the, the 2D flat. That That's the one that I played, internet one. And it also gave your computer terrible, terrible, terrible internet STDs. Hey, at least it wasn't MapleStory. I played no, MapleStory Maple as well. Ma- I played MapleStory as well. And uh, there was another one. I played Fly for Fun. MapleStory. There was a, the free MMO that I played was uh, for a while now. It was called Fly for Fun. For a while, it was called Fly oh, for God. Fun. Oh, God. And then the other one I played was like you were a robot and you would fight people and you would get your arm, like you would get, the bosses would drop other loot so you could become like, parts of the boss so you get like boss Mega Man Grant you're having a fever dream no no it was there was a robot game and I cannot remember what it was called it was a free online game by the same people who made Gaia or not Gaia but Fly for Fun Uh, there was a GameCube game that was kind of like that too Um, Custom Robo I think is what it was called Custom Robo was great yeah uh, I wish that was going to bring back when when the Nintendo Labo Robo game, like when I saw, I was like, man, if that was custom Robo, that'd be dope. Any, anyone else remember Metabots and just like wish so bad like that was real? Like even if it's just a good game. Yes, and that's I gonna, like I like Metabots a lot. Yeah, and that's gonna tie into my topic, and it's gonna be great. But uh, yeah, dude, did, did you ever play the D, the Advance games? Because they were awesome. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I actually think I have one somewhere. There's, there was two house. of them. There was two of them. There was two. There was oh. one. It was the uh, the orange and purple, I believe, and it was like Metabots. One had the shadow Metabot, and the one that was the uh, the orange Metabot that the main character had in the anime. Yeah, you had the um, the beetle one, which was the main character. And you had a tiger one, which was. Uh, I remember the kind of bitch character that was like in his class. Yeah. Or something like that. Was the main main robot. Yeah, the the, the beetle one. God, that was... Name guys. I don't know. I don't don't know what his name was. I have no idea. It's been... Ten years? Fifteen years? Literally the only one still stuck up the ass of my own nostalgia. I mean... Well, I would usually remember some obscure little Philly bit like that, but I'm completely blank on it as well. And currently, my room is without power since we're working on some of the lights in the house, so I'm going to have to look later for the game. I know I've got it here in this house, Good excuse. I'll take it. Yeah. Our wife is trying to string up the dining room uh, chandelier that we're replacing. The old busted-up fan with the... Hurricane Hardy wilted fan blades since they were wood, literally kind of drooping down about ten degrees. Yeah, uh, we're finally replacing that. Cajun's getting all fancy, hanging up chandeliers. Sheesh, the quote unquote chandeliers. I'm it's gonna, like you're saying it's a puzzle game. I'm gonna you call. Know, there's so many things. That yeah. are, I'm gonna call up Sia and Shia LaBeouf. And have them dance around your living room. What? Sia, the oh my god, Cajun. Do you listen to music? Do you know who Sia is? She has a song called no. Chandelier. The I actually oh, really enjoy stupid it. thing, dude. Like I tried to block that out of my memory. <laughs> but she has a song called Chandelier, and in the music video, Shia LaBeouf is dancing in it. Oh, that's who that dude is. Clearly, use Cajun. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, yeah. You. Now that we've wasted like another ten or fifteen minutes <laughs> on tangents, 
That should be the episode. The title is of the episode is just tangents upon tangents. Like even for us, this is bad. Nah, pfft, people love it. They'll eat it up. Delicious. Oh, Actually, it keeps me entertained, and I'm in the show. You know, yeah. and I usually hate the sound of my own voice. <laughs> in all honesty, I did. Um, I, I've I've done a little like guerrilla networking. Not really. When there's there's three electricians on the job I'm working on at, and uh, one of the guys has listened to a lot of podcasts, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's really weird l- hearing someone that I know's voice." while i'm listening to them and he's like but i really enjoy when you all go off on crazy tangents and i was like great i'm glad someone does at least we're not chasing the listenership away hey you know what they say do what you love and everyone else will come find you okay so what about that news (laughs) what the news Yes, now that, let's get to it. So, so, so the cool news is, um, and last year I got the nostalgia bug to go play old school RuneScape, and I wanted to do it on the go because, you know, what the hell? I wanted to be able to play it on the go instead of being stuck at my computer doing it. And there was a long ass way of doing it by installing Debian, and da, 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 and eventually it freaking works if you have the right phone. Well, as of a few days ago, about a week ago, if you have Android, you can actually play old school RuneScape directly, officially, through an app. There you go. Oh, that's really... The only caveat is you have to have a uh, current subscription to it. So you you can't just be a regular free player uh, and get into it right now since it is still uh, a semi-open beta, I guess. Um... But I think it's like uh, your primary uh, account that like whatever character it is that has the subscription tied to it. So but yeah. it's it's not difficult. Can, uh, iOS is iOS for once is actually not the leader on this because they are still sitting and waiting for their version. Um, as an not- I- as an iPhone user, um, I don't think there's too many people clamoring to be like, you know what I really need on my phone? RuneScape. Grant, <laughs> guess the average age of active old school RuneScape accounts. Uh, probably 30. Between the ages of... No, uh, not, the, not, the, not the demographic age, but like the age of the accounts. Uh, 10 years. Seven. Oh, I was close. The, the average active account... On uh, old school RuneScape is seven years old. I mean, I, I'm every time someone mentions RuneScape, whether it's in, like in passing or when when Natalie or Zammers, whatever she wants to go by, when 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 she mentions RuneScape, and I'm just like, people, st- I'm always dumbfounded, and and I was just like, people still play RuneScape, like I've. It is still the um, the largest free MMO in the world, that's, I believe. Still, that's insane. Yeah. And I know, and I know, it gets huge numbers on Twitch. Like it's always up in like at least the top ten on Twitch. And I'm like, what the what? Like I can't. Like, it. It's bringing new content to it to always make it fresh. They always keep upgrading the graphics. Um, there's a new combat system no, that went. Don't they've, they've left them in 2007 graphics. We're talking old school, not RuneScape three. I'm talking about RuneScape in general. I'm saying the reason RuneScape is so popular, they are always slowly updating it. What what's what's a sub, uh, subscription? Just uh, just what what is it? Like what's the cost? So how 
how a subscription to RuneScape works is um, you get access to new areas, and I, I it's about $5 a month, um, but with an asterisk, and I'll explain that asterisk in a sec. But you get access to new areas, you get a whole bunch of exclusive items, um, you get new skill trees that you can explore, um, like just skill trees that aren't available to anyone else. Um, you, you get um, a whole... It, it basically is like one-fifth of the whole game, and then paid runescape the premium subscription is everything else yeah firstly like you have access to additional quests areas just there's a, a lot of content behind the subscription paywall fortunately I mean, you can do like on eve where you it's you can buy a, a subscription pass um in game with the gold regular currency but it's it takes see. it's it's probably time consuming to get that amount of gold to get a subscription pass I believe it's uh, yeah, it's a few hundred. I think I saw four hundred thousand. But like, once you get to higher levels, you I mean, you can probably get that easily enough. That's cool. The I way Natalie does it is, um, she will get one subscription pass. Um, whenever she gets a hair per butt to play it, she'll get one subscription pass. Um, and then because she has access to these zones and stuff, then she's able to perpetuate herself for several more months just off of in-game currency. Um, cause when, when we played together for that little period of time, I was complaining. I'm like, well, first off, I need a premium subscription. And then second off, last I left my character, he was broke. And so she's like, well, buy three subscriptions. Because if you bundle them together, they're, I believe they're a little cheaper anyway. Is there, and I'm like, okay. Did, and so what I did was I um, subscribed myself, and she acted as my Sherpa. And then I sold one, because you can sell them on the in-game market completely legally. And I was rolling in dough, and within just a few days, I'd already, I was already, it was enough for me to pay for my next subscription. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to play a couple months of this. You just keep having fun. I'm done. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're like I got my my nostalgia itch. I'm I'm good. I'm 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 good. I when I was growing up, I always had one goal, and that was to get wizard's boots, which was a which was an exclusive quest item. Um, and then wizard boots are actually more expensive than the far more powerful mystic boots. And but the problem is they were only available on one one specific treasure trail normally. Um, and then super nerdy. Um, and then. I ended up uh, getting my wizard boots, and then someone hacked my account, sold all my shit, uh, <laughs> and then that's when I stopped playing. And I was like, I was like in my my uh, late teens. Wow. And then later, uh, Christy and I, my my fiance, uh, we played for a little while, um, about seven or eight years ago, and. Uh, we played for three days. It was me, her, and my brother, uh, Cody, who's a level designer for us. And like, eh, why the, why the hell not? Why don't we just play a little bit? And the thing was that I had told her I loved her. She was actually sitting in the kitchen. And I told her I loved her over chat when I was logging out. I'm like, okay, I love you, bye. And some dweeb was like, haha, dating over RuneScape. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not picking this up again. And then when <laughs> Natalie and I were... <laughs> Ultimate rage quit. You can just like, give up the game entirely. That was that was exactly what happened. Well, the only reason the only reason we were even picked it up is because my brother was playing WoW at the time, and for uh, it was three days of server maintenance when he was down at my place, and because he was staying he was staying the week, and so he's like, "Well, why don't we just play RuneScape together?" And I'm like, "That actually sounds like a laugh. Let's do it." I mean, I so, got this. Actually, actually, if I may interject, speaking of server maintenance, that actually leads me to my second topic about RuneScape and my second news article overall. In all the time that RuneScape has been around, old school, new school, whatever, um, 
you know, they've had server downtime for maintenance and stuff like that and upgrades, but they've never had a rollback until, like, today or yesterday. Brat. There was a bug that hit that, um, let me see. Um, so normally when you do PvP or even PvE, you'll ha- sometimes have an item drop or something like that. Well, apparently, um, there was a bug that when you killed someone PvP, it dropped... 2,147,483,647 gold uh, coins, which wow. is pretty much the max out of what the game can generate for a pile of coins. Uh, don't ask me how, what number system that's on as far as like, actual like integer, float, whatever, but th- that's where it maxes out at. 2 million and, uh, and something. So it sounds like even numbers, right? 2.1 million. Yeah, 2.1 million uh, it was what it was dropping for a lot of people. And it got to the like point very quickly, obviously, that RuneScape had to shut everything down and actually roll back everyone's accounts. Uh, and apparently, according to this uh, see, I think Polygon article, some people are still having to like manually go through. They're having to actually go through and manually restore the account rather than just roll it back from uh, backups. Wow. So this was... A historic week for RuneScape in two incredible ways. Interesting. News recently where they decided to shut down RuneScape Classic. Huh? <laughs> I believe there was something in the news recently about them trying, uh, wanting to shut down RuneScape Classic. Uh, maybe they just decided not to do that. What, the old school RuneScape? No, I mean, as far as I know, that's never been an issue. Like, they, they don't upgrade it. Like, they do uh, RuneScape 3. But, I mean, they do still add content every now and then. Uh, I logged in two years ago to play with my wife, Lauren. And, um, you know, there was some battle quest going on, like some world cataclysm. And I logged in again last year, and it was over. But, you know, the effects of it were still visible. There was a giant crater right next to the starting area. According to Polygon, in May on May 23rd, 2018, shutting down after 17 years. Did they give a so date when they were going to shut it down or anything or just a, maybe it was a rumor? Well, so so the thing is currently RuneScape has um, three games concurrently running. There's RuneScape Classic, Old uh, RuneScape and Old School RuneScape. And Old School RuneScape is the one that I I basically grew up on. Um, I did play a little Classic, but I was there for the transition. And then Classic is the really, really old one. And then um, RuneScape 3 is what is currently up. And so they're keeping support for Old School RuneScape, and they're shutting down Classic. They are not saying exactly when it's shutting down. August 6th, actually. So shutting down on August 6th at 1 p.m. Hmm. I didn't know there was three versions still going, honestly. So yeah. So there, uh, there you go. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Oh, about my own topic. <laughs> yeah, no. So, um, also, um, as of yesterday, RuneScape has brought in over eighty, or sorry, eight hundred million dollars in revenue over its lifetime. Wow, that's incredible. Yep. Good job. And it's what two hundred fifty million uh, total accounts. That that glitch um, that you were experiencing was not for RuneScape Classic. It was for old school RuneScape. Yeah, did I make it sound like it was for classic, or did I say old school? Um, it, it made it at least to me. It made it sound like you said it was for classic, but I could have I could have misunderstood what you meant. Yeah, apologies about that. No, it, it was for uh, old school. Sorry about that. So yeah, apparently RuneScape has a fuck ton of news. Holy shit! <laughs> it, I, like I said, it it, it just it it dumbfounds me that it's been going on for that long. That's that's insane. Good, congratulations. Who deve- who made RuneScape? 
Was it just one Jagex. dude? Jagex. What, what else do they do? Nothing? <laughs> no, they have a few other uh, other smaller web games, but RuneScape is by far their biggest property. All right, cool, cool. I remember back in 2009, uh, I was on um, Gama Sutra looking at jobs. Uh, not that I wanted to abandon Wraith, you know, all the way back in 2009, um, but I was still thinking, oh, what if I got a job, you know, at another studio while Wraith was, was growing, you know, while, while Wraith was being built, uh, you know, over a decade ago. Um, but they were actually hiring, Jagex was hiring uh, for a, a lead developer for RuneScape uh, because there's a quit. But so, Jay, what is your topic, Jay? What is your topic? My topic uh, for for this episode uh, is actually, it's more, Jay's going to bitch about things uh, oh more than God, anything. Yes. yes. And I think, I think you guys are probably going to agree with me on, on this. The announcement from Nintendo... That um, there's going to be 20 to 30 new indie games every week on the Switch. So I, I got it just I, from a developer perspective, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys can probably agree. It's definitely Cajun who has to review like indie games and stuff for, for IndieView. Hard for the cream to rise to the top when there's so much noise, you know, like in, in, the, in the indie game, to mix my metaphors, in the indie game community, like, how do you separate signal from noise when the entire market is is so saturated with content? And the just trying to pick out Beastmancer was stupidly hard. I, I lucked into finding it on Twitter, of all places. Not looking on it, you not looking same. I found it through Twitter. It is absurdly, stupidly hard to find the good quality indie games. Yeah, absolutely. That and it, it just it sucks. It sucks so much. And I'm I mean that's why I'm glad that stuff like Indie Game Launchpad and Orange Bison and um and Switch Player Magazine and, and, and on all these great wonderful resources, um Juniper Hadley, for instance, all these people who are trying to signal boost wonderful indie games. But like uh Jupiter Hadley, I don't know why I said Juniper. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's a cartoon, Juniper Lee from the from the two thousands. All these wonderful, wonderful people who are trying to signal boost good indie games, but it's so hard, and it's so hard to get noticed, and that's one of the reasons why Wraith has spent so much time going to conventions and also so much time getting awards. If we get so many awards for Collapsus, you can't not notice us, and it, it's... So many of these games, so many of these little games, and they all have to pass QA, that's fine. But do you guys remember what it was like shopping on the Wii? Do you, I, do you I, guys remember that? Like, Wii, uh, no, because you know, the only thing I really ever bought on the Wii eShop was um, the uh, virtual console games. I'm not even, I'm not even necessarily talking about the virtual console or, or the eShop. I mean, just, just going out to a store, you'd see like 35 billion shovelware games and like steam is having a hard enough tr time trying to, trying to curate this stuff. And their, their answer for curation is basically, let's just not, let's just not curate. Same thing with iOS and Android, you know, iOS curates a little better than Android does, but still not much what happened to the switch. Um, is the Switch gonna be the cesspool of 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 low quality games where the where the good stuff can't 
can't really shine. Um, eventually, the cream will rise to the top. I think when you have mediocre, uh, mediocre curation, like this, this brings in like a huge, like broad topic of like, and it, and this goes into like a Twitter thing, and it, I felt really bad about what's a little bit. I, I felt not really bad, but I felt a little bad. Like I felt like some things that I said in that Twitter like post way back thread a month, a couple months ago. About curation, game curation with Orange Bison when they finally came back, stuff like that, and and how game curation is super important, but also there's when you have like just it's based on like one single person or a few like group tight knit group that always get I I came I was doing like the the devil's advocate part of like how the bad part of possible game curation of how everyone has a price, so technically whoever could throw the most money at it would get the most um most mind share. So it's similar to how um. You know, uh, the indie game movie, indie game movie and how uh, the guys who made Super Meat Boy and how that they they put like their parent, his the guy's parents or one of the guy's parents like mortgage their house or something like that for the money to get um, their game out to help make the game. And that they were riding so hard on the fact that their game was going to be on the front page of the Microsoft store. That was super important. And when that game first came out, it was not on the store. And they freaked out, and they were making phone call after phone call after phone call because they wanted to be on the front page of Microsoft's store because that showed that Microsoft, I guess Microsoft had an initiative that they trust this game, that they had that they know this game was going to well is a good game, and so on and so forth. So it gives a perception that this game right here, if it's on the front page of the store, it's a good game. You get what I'm saying? It where I'm going? What were you gonna say, Cajun? Yeah. No, uh, going back, you were talking about your uh, rant about curation all that uh, on Twitter. Then uh, two years ago, I brought up exactly this, some of the exact same points with uh, Andrew Orange Bison was he, when he was on my show. You know, it was like, okay, if this is based on user reviews, how are you? Get to combat the trolls. How do you fight the brigading that can happen at times? And he's like, all this stuff is individually moderately. You, it's all reviewed, you know. Yeah. And I think that he has a big enough staff that has have wide enough taste that you know you're not going to have to worry about you know one particular genre or style of game floating above the rest um, just because that's preferred of the group. But um, like the, the it, yeah, and that that also yeah. brings up like the whole point of um there there was a Steam game uh months ago back also and that's the reason why I brought up like the whole like the whole troll thing but there was there was a company that was telling their employees to go on Steam and review their games or they lost their job because they wanted high ratings on Steam so they could be I guess pop up higher in the store. Similarly, to- I don't I don't think that because of the fear of abuse of curation we should not attempt curation i think that those those problems are so few and far between and there's such there's such uh sort of renegade fringe uh, you know like like outliers that ultimately all we have to do is try our best to make good curation and hope that it sticks because unfortunately there is the <laughs> trickle down is a is just it's it's absurdity, and when you have the wild west of an app store with no curation, the cream won't rise to the top. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there are some great games that get buried. Oh, oh for 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 example, um, and you were talking about awards and stuff. So there's this game called When the Water Tastes Like Wine. Um, don't know if you've heard of it. 
it's got numerous reviews, did great, had po- like incredible like critic reviews and all this stuff. The developer was Bub, uh, Dim Bulb Games in Serenity Forge, and the publisher is Good Shepherd Entertainment. Just just to give that throw out uh, that that shout out and stuff. But this game, when the water tastes like wine, wine has uh, really good voice acting, very visually appealing, got great awards. But it is a single player, highly story driven game, and it tanked like critically uh, awesome. Did fantastic critically but financially it tanked it like it was awful and the only reason why i know about this uh this game is um because he wrote into kind of funny which i'm a big follower of kind of funny this is what inspired me to be a podcast but a podcaster all this other stuff but greg miller of kind of funny had this there's this big long episode review uh or, or episode with an interview with the guy who did the water tastes like wine and how he discusses how Big budget, single player indie games are difficult to survive in this marketplace. Whether you have reward uh, awards or critical acclaim, it just depends if you can get in that mind share and all this other stuff. So I don't know. I I've noticed though that when you have systems that s curated or not curated at all, at that point the success of your game is still monetarily driven because then it depends on how big your advertising budget is outside of things so money will always be the factor by which games that do super well will continue to do super well i think anything else i think is kind of an outlier so it to me it doesn't matter that oh no some people are bribing some reviewers and stuff that money they would have just been spending on advertising anywhere giving them an unfair advantage other arena. So to say that we can't we can't have good curation because the curators may be bribed. No, I mean well it, if we didn't have that. That, that I mean I was just playing that part of, you know, the bad part of the thing. I, I believe in curation. I believe that it it needs to happen. It needs to be curated. Like PlayStation Store, I'm sure there's great indie games that um have probably been buried. I'm sure on the yeah, iOS, there's great, great indie games that have been buried. Like I would have never heard of Florence on the iOS and Android that that game if it hadn't been for the people in the games industry that I follow, that I admire, and that I trust their opinion. Like I would have never heard of Minute if it hadn't popped up in my Facebook feed by Polygon, and they're like, "Hey, you need to check this out." And it was mentioned by uh, Jared Petty of also of Kind of Funny and also of um, Hot Blip and a Jump. If it wasn't mentioned by him, if it wasn't mentioned by those pundits that I trust or that I enjoy their opinion or understand, like they have similar game tastes than me, I would have never known about those that game. Uh, similar to Pony Island, it was in a, this mindshare. Like Kotaku did an article of like, we're not even going to tell you what this game's about. You need to go check it out. It's incredible. It is not what it seems. Go play it. Go put it down your two bits and experience it yourself. But those games, those games are in the public consciousness because they have managed to grab the fleeting attention of the press. And that in itself is another difficult act. I think with good curation, then we'd, we would have to rely on the gaming press less because the gaming press only has so much time to play all of these games that they get requests for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That that falls to the the Kotaku, like in IGN and Polygon, all, the Giant Bomb stuff like that. But I'm, I'm but Giant Bomb also falls under small indie, I guess, ind- independent pundits, as in kind of funny, as in like I myself with hey, Go Go. Giant Bomb's pretty pretty large. Yeah. 
Yeah, Giant Bomb has a lot of pull. But, like, kind of funny, though. It, what I'm getting at is that pundits in the gaming industry definitely holds a, um, they, they hold a huge draw and a huge appeal for finding those gems. I think, Jay, you mentioned Jupiter. This, that's the thing is, like, for the indie games, you have to go niche, niche, you know, to try to get her attention. If you want coverage as an indie, you try to reach Jupiter and then hope that, you know, you still get spotted spotted by the right people to get big up from there because she covers so many games that just like she's uh, mentioned on Twitter and in her episode with me that, you know, there's games that she's covered that the only proof of their existence at this point is in her videos. You you can't download download them anymore. So it's like, even if a great indie game gets out there, is it going to exist for long enough to get picked up? As far as far as I see it, Everything in this industry is a money's game because um, you either have to get the uh, you have to get the monetary attention of quote unquote influencers, or you have to get, have an advertising budget, or you have to resort to bribery, or you have to pay for all these conventions to go to, which is how you get awards and things, or you have to do the whole time is money thing where you spend all of your time um, going out to people who do this for free. You know, people people like you, Cajun, and people like like Jupiter and, and people like um, like Orange Bison and stuff like that who do it for free. But then you have to do the whole like I have to send this email out. I have to follow up on these contacts and time is money, especially for people who are doing this as indies, people who are doing this as hobbyists, people who are doing this as a small studio. So what that means is regardless, everything is a money's game. That's why I think instead of good, instead of good curation being something that is corruptible by the introduction of money, because everything's corruptible by, by the introduction of money. Ultimately, I think that good curation helps mitigate the need for the injection of money and that anything else is potentially an outlier. Agreed. Um, and, and a good representation of that would be um, EA's debacle with uh, Battlefield or Battlefront 2 and how a large majority of very vocal people, it might have been like usually I use the term vocal minority, which I don't, I don't like that term, but. A large majority of people on Reddit, the internet, and everything was shouting from the rooftops of like, please do not buy this game. Do not support their loot box habits and all this other stuff. And it didn't sell very well. It, it, it probably, I mean, it sold decently with a, a Star Wars name, but it probably did not sell as well as they projected it to sell. And also, No, not at all. Yeah. There were pictures of Black Friday sales after, if I remember after it came out that every other game was sold out. And the only game that was still sitting multiple stocks of was Battlefront 2. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, but that comes in like that. And that comes with reviewer scores. Like, like you can have the money behind it, but you need that checks and balances of individual reviewers to do that. But also, that also falls back to one of my favorite games and one of the games that I always play in stream um, at twitch.tv slash Brigadoon564. A little shameless plug there. Um, Destiny 2. Good plug. Yeah, yeah, with uh in Destiny 2 there cuz yes, it has problems if you read into it. Those who play Destiny, you know what I'm talking about, but Destiny 2 had a lot of problems. People bitched about it like it was a step back from Destiny 1, so on and so forth, blah blah blah. A lot of people were going online and be like dead game, shit game and all this other stuff. So there's this difference between a toxic and and vital community versus just destroying a game that has this potential to succeed and money grabbing and, and the vocal minority getting in the way of also reviews and in the symbol of the trolls, as you were saying, I believe Cajun and, and Jay. Friend, I 
I like Renegade Fringe. That's my favorite. Okay, that's your 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 term. The the Renegade Fringe, yes, of of those who are upset or disappointed or not happy with the way the game is and they shout at the rooftops. That can also influence the game. But then there's those who like me who've stuck with it and played it and like I enjoyed the evolution and the change and all this other stuff and I know let's, let's be real um just for a second. The the way the industry interacts with AAA games and the way the industry interacts with indie games is entirely Yes, but like, I was I was just giving other somewhat uh, just different examples. Saying that to invalidate your point, I was just saying that to to even mention that even even a game like Destiny, this was me adding to your point, not yes. not subtracting from it. Um, even a game like Destiny is going to make money hand over foot. Oh, yeah. It is a triple A game that has that that has that budget, that has that pre existing fan base, that has um, that has the the goodwill of the gaming press already. Um, and I think that that's that's something interesting, but. It's it it's something like of course the Switch is gonna try to do twenty thirty AAA games a week. They don't exist. There aren't twenty thirty AAA games every week. But to say that they are going to try to mandate twenty thirty indie games means that without proper curation, and I do not believe that Nintendo has the ability to properly curate or even the desire to, without proper curation, these these indie games are gonna drown. Yeah, do, do they even have a real license shortly? Huh? It's what? a really good idea on paper, but when you actually try to put this breakfast, it is going to be so, so poorly executed. And the results are going to be so disastrous. Yeah. I, I mean, that's great that, that that's what they want to reach for, but are they actually going to be able to pull 20 to 30 uh, indie games a week out of their ass? Are. Um, there are so many people who are still waiting for dev kits. Um, there are so many people like like every indie at this point wants to be on the Switch. Um, and one of the reasons every indie wants to be on the Switch at this point is because it's so hard. Their curation is so hard to get through right now. Um, which is weird because I've seen some really, really crappy Switch games, and yet it is like there are some amazing, amazing uh, Switch indie games that just can't get through. It's it's weird. It's really weird. But like, thing is that like I not doing this for the sake of the indies. They're doing this because they know that when an indie game does stick, that that indie game gives goodwill to them through the community, and it also does generate a lot of revenue think that what they're trying to do is throw so many indie games at the wall yeah. that they don't care which ones stick they just hope that ones do yeah the the ones that do create a lot of that that bring a lot of financial revenue yeah it's basically like just a shot the a shotgun pattern for for nintendo they're just like we're gonna load this yeah. shotgun filled with 30 bullets we're gonna shoot it at a wall and hopefully some of them actually penetrate that wall and will actually you know do something in the mind share of the gaming culture Hopefully one or two become, you know, the next Bendy the Ink Machine or Minecraft or just that one standout fluke that defies all expectations and all, frankly, likelihoods of ever hitting it. You know, this one truly magnanimous and magnificent game, you know, they're just hoping to not miss out on it next time. Yeah, uh, to roll it back to you mentioned Benny and the Ink Machine. I watched some Let's Play videos of that. I haven't personally played it because I'm like horror games, and that I mean that's cool and all. If you like it, that's cool. Art style wise, really cool game, really cool art style. 
But I was like, no, no, thank you. I'm a huge as a developer. I'm a huge fan of the Meatly, um, which is a guy who makes comics about game development. And he's also an indie developer. And he's the guy who made Bindi the Ink Machine. And I'm like, holy shit, this game is great. I'm so glad I've been following you for years. Like, this is such like, oh, it's such a good game. And I'm glad I was able to be a part of, of we'll, watching we'll, it take off. Like, we'll oh, have to great. add that to the pot of games to play. Like, I'll play it. I, I mean, I'll scream because I don't yeah. like jump scares. But what I watch, though, it's like there's so many triggers. Like, it's all trigger braced. And I don't like like and it's blatantly obvious of where the trigger points for the jump scares and all that other stuff are. And, and I'm not down with that. I'm not down with that sickness. That was a terrible, terrible, like bad. Like that's a, that was that was a dad joke straight from like, hey, yeah, I used to listen to metal back in the day, kids. I'm cool. I'm hip. I can get down. <laughs> I'm so glad that I only recommend this podcast to adults. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've been keeping my profanity in check this episode. I'm trying. I think he bit the cringy dad humor. Yeah, we've yeah. had some episodes that. Uh-uh. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's cool. Like like harking back to the old uh, the old uh, electrician buddy. Can't remember his name at the moment. Um, the old Bukaki thing. So funny, so funny. One of my favorite moments. Just uh, go check it out. Go check it out. It's great. <laughs> that that episode, that moment is gonna live in infamy. It's great. Forever. It's great. Go go, everyone, listeners, go go back and check it out. I think it's. I don't know which episode it is. Whatever. Um, bukake of memes, yeah, if you will. A, a bukake of memes. <laughs> I love it. It's great. So have we have we run run this topic dry? Do you guys think? I mean, there's it. You can open up Pandora's box with this topic. Okay, just just a little bit. Um, does does Nintendo in their eShop have any way to review or rate games other than like a five star system or something like that? Oh, that is actually a good question. I think it might just be the five star system. And uh, there's a reason why um, they uh, Netflix stopped doing the five star system because it's not very accurate. Like it's not good. I think that's the reason. The whole reason why they went to the thumbs up, thumbs down kind of deal is because I think statistically it has been found that. Uh, Cajun, what are you sawing? He's 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 a master carpenter, guys. Remember. Actually, I'm scraping um, popcorn off of a ceiling, yeah, and good. not the delicious kind of popcorn, yeah, get, unfortunately. Get rid of that so did shit. You have, did you have something to say? Because I know Grant kind of dived in. Huh? Uh, no. Uh, I, mean, I was trying to make some more some metaphor about how dead it is, but you know, I can't, I can't think of anything right now. You could do a whole podcast about curation. Like you can go into talking about the analytics, the demographics, the you know, how do you do it? What do you do? The, the different examples. That's the whole of reason the why companies that do it, the yeah. economics of it. it yeah. It's, that, that's, there's, there's reason why there's like individual companies that deal with the analytics and curations of, and statistics of individual video games. I just meant, do, do you think that we have, we have run it to the point where if we go any further, we're kind of just sort of talking in circles? It is a dead Moe death claw. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good callback. Good callback. And what is what is your topic? My, my topic, yeah, no, I have just just straight up like the only reason why like it's not due to laziness that the reason why I don't have a news topic. If there's there's just no news currently that's speaking to me. Everyone's talking about season five of Fortnite, and everyone's like, "Man, battle royale games are awesome," and I'm like, "I've beat that dead horse to even more death," and I'm just like, "I don't want to talk about it." So I've been 
and and I'm in this gaming lull at this moment. Like, there's games that I want to play, and and I enjoy what we do with the podcast and stuff because it allows me to branch out and do games outside of my wheelhouse. Like to play like this Beastmancer game looks really cool. I, I'm I'm interested to check it out. And Minute was really cool. It it allows me to branch from my uh, deviate from the other games I play. But currently, like all I do is play Destiny. I'm excited for the new Destiny expansion that comes out in September. But ever since I p- played and beat God of War, I'm like in this gaming lull. And it's just like, there's nothing that is speaking to me. Like, I want to play. That means, what you what you really mean to say is that Grant doesn't have a topic. Okay, good night, everybody. This has been the game of... No, 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 no. I do have it. I have this beautiful... I'm getting into it. I'm walking. <laughs> I'm slowly walking. I'm just messing with you. I thought I'm slowly, I'm slowly walking into this this topic. Um, so, like, I've, the only game I've been playing is Destiny, and every once in a while, I'm, I'm like, I think about playing other games. Like, I've got this dope Naruto game that I've been like chipping away at because you know Naruto's cool and all. But yeah, like, and then there's like this great uh, game called Witcher Three, and the complete edition's been on and off sale. So go check that out. It's a great game. Um, if you've never heard of it, it's my backlog's full. All this other stuff, but nothing is speaking to me. Nothing is calling to me. Nothing is scratching the itch. So I just do what I always do, play Destiny, and at night, go lay in bed and watch some anime. And currently, like, My Hero Academia may have wrapped, but I've watched, like, one of the latest episodes uh, where they started moving to the dorms. Fantastic anime. But recently, I started getting to My Darling uh, Franks. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Franks. Franks. Wrong. I mean, it's, it's it's Fron with two X's. I don't I don't know. The guy's name is Hero. That's the main character. I mean, Doctor Franks. Yeah, in yeah. the in the show. Yes, yeah, yeah, Doctor Franks. Yeah, but yes, um, I guess he he's the one who I, developed. I want to say real fast that I am way out of my league here. Like the uh, last anime I watched was you know Little Witch Academia, and that was like three two or three months so ago good so. did you watch it you must have watched it about the same time i did because that anime is one of my favorite animes of all time like little witch if, academia is so good little, it's just oh my god oh no yeah little witch academia now i thought you were talking about monica magica that you like little, little witch academia watch monica magica and you're like this is how magical girls are supposed to be sailor moon can suck a big fat dick and she has in various fan fictions um more than yeah, we're not even gonna touch that. Luke <laughs> Kenyon, sir. Um, but no, like my my biggest thing, and I've seen this elsewhere with Little Witch Academia is it's actually a complete story. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it's well done. And it's it's just a good story, which is lacking in so many cartoons, so many shows everywhere. <sighs> Also, I started watching Steven, U- Steven Universe with my son, with, with Roxas, and he's like, I don't really like this show because I don't like shows. I don't like your shows, Dad, but I like my shows, and I'm like, listen here, boy. This is a good show. People wind up liking Steven Universe. Why it watches it with me. Yeah, no, I like so, Steven. I like, it. Really I like it. it. But yeah, to going back, like, <sighs> video games not speaking to me. So I'm watching anime. So I want to talk about, like, What's some more favorite anime? Good, good evergreen topic to round out the show, and maybe some rec- recommendations for listeners. Um, I want to, I want to say before I go into this, um, everyone who knows me knows I am some sort of massive, massive weeb. Um, like I wear, wear that derogatory term as a badge of pride. 
It's you. I am. I am King Weeb. Um, and so the the Take problem is just like Randall and Clerks too, man. Take it back, just like Randall and Clerks too. <laughs> the, the problem is what uh, what people call an old taku. In that I have I have watched anime my entire life, and I grew up. Oh, that's that's another thing. Like people make fun of me all the time for this, but I say the word anime. Yes, and you say manga as well. I say manga because the Japanese vowel structure is a e u e o. You exactly where on the weeaboo spectrum I am. So at the at the, at the pinnacle. I argue with you about the anime anime because it comes from animation. It, it's a Western word that was brought into Japanese. I mean, the people, the people in Japan is definitely Japan who say anime say anime, and that's what I say because that's what they say. Yeah. Well, that's in, like in, you know, in Cajun it's, it's like having a difference of accent there. That's not. I mean, well, my my issue isn't that I believe everyone should say anime. I just want people to get off my tits when I say anime. But I also say foyer. You know, it's not a foyer, it's a foyer. I don't begrudge anyone for saying foyer, but at the same time, if someone's going to correct me whenever I say foyer, they can piss up a rope. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like when Cajun says niche or niche, It, it. I mean, I understand it's a French term. It means, uh, you know, very, very honed in, very focused, very small knit community. But, you know, America, you know, America, drop the A, we don't care. Fourth of July, fireworks, drinking beer hitting each other with baseball bats. Like I say I say niche as well. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I don't care. I don't care. The English language sucks balls anyway, so whatever. It so, does. Yeah. It is such a bastard child of cultures and languages. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say, to my knowledge, to my knowledge, we had not used a single profanity until the word bukake was said and then we started just like cursing up a fucking storm. And then I said, "Big old dick." So yeah, it's cool. I mean, it happens. Uh, Funny, actually. It's yeah. like Bukake just opened the floodgates. <laughs> yes, I meant that. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of Bukake, uh, what's some of your favorite anime? <laughs> what are What are some of your favorites? We'll start with you. Okay. Okay. So like, like, like you. No, I'm I said not- Cajun. Oh, okay. Cajun. Okay. I, I, you cut out. Cajun. Did you grow up on Toonami? Like, did you watch Toonami as a as like a like a twelve year old like preteen? I sort of did. Uh, we moved and lo- I lost cable right as um in Dragon Ball Z right as uh, Vegeta had just broken the last power scanner and Piccolo regrew his arm. That's the last I, we moved like maybe a month after that. But you got uh, to witness DBZ was on its first airing. You got to witness the quintessential dbz if anybody knows anything about dbz it's the crushing the scouter and yelling over nine thousand. which um i will say is always great because in the manga it was over eight thousand. yeah it, it still doesn't matter it's still over whatever you know whatever whatever it was just better in the show but um the one i watched a long time ago when um netflix was first doing a streaming Instead of just DVDs, it was called The Golden Tribe. Um, I mean, this was probably about 12 years ago, but it was. What is it about? It was really good. It was. Uh, so, 
five, there were five races. There was a uh, golden tribe. There's a silver tribe. And like humans were like bronze or mud or something like that. But um, this is. I know monster. what you're talking about. Huh? I've never heard of this. What are you I talking about? I know what you're about? talking about. I've seen the show. Yeah. Like, it was. I don't remember if it was like a Gundam or like a uh, Kaiju, but like this guy got bonded with this giant monstrous beast thing and wound up just going and wrecking pretty much the rest of the freaking galaxy. It was awesome to watch. Uh, I mean, vaguely it reminds me, but like half the anime that I really enjoy has to do with Mecha. Like I'm, I'm a big Mecha anime fan, uh, like person. Like I like Gundam. I like Zoids. Dude, a new Zoids is coming back for the first time in like 17 years. I'm super stoked. I'm super hyped. And uh, the they're bringing out models as well, and they're gonna be like at the price tag of like thirty dollars a model, and they're like the hot, like the good, like skeletal exoskeleton models, and you can change the armor and stuff on them. Oh, dog! So, so um, Thorn, um, for those those listeners who don't know, is our business director here at Wraith Games. Uh, he's also my best friend. Growing up, he was always this huge, huge Gundam fan, and I always just sort of yuck. I'm like, ah, yeah, because um, I was more of a shonen action series kind of a guy. Dragon Ball Z. Um, the thing is that he and I have been going through the Universal Century timeline, starting at Mobile Suit Gundam and watching them in, in timeline chronicle, chronological order. And we are currently on Thunderbolt, um, though we took a break from Thunderbolt because I I'm not liking Thunderbolt too much at all. What? Um, but does... we watched the. Where does that fall? Just just to, to break to drop it because I've been watching Unicorn a little bit on and off. Um, so so it goes it goes um, Mobile Suit Gundam, which is uh, dub, I believe 0078, I believe yeah. is the year. Um, and then so 0080 War in the Pocket, and then after that is Stardust Memories. So I believe it's probably at 0081, 0082 year wise. Okay. But because the uh, only reason why I mention that is because Char shows up in um in Unicorn, he's in in Gundam Unicorn. This is before his counterattack, and this is right before Zeta starts. Okay, so, so it's right after it's right after Stardust Memories, I believe, and because uh, we we've been watching them pretty tightly, so it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, they all blend in together sometimes, but it's it's right after Stardust Memory and right before Zeta, I think. Okay. So that's when, like, he became when Char was kind of a good guy, and then Stardust Memory has to do with the Gundam that has the nuke, and it's the big giant shield Gundam with the the nuke bazooka and all that other stuff. And then, yeah, yeah, Unicorn falls after Char's counterattack because everyone thinks he's dead, and then he shows up. And the Sabarazzi, whatever the golden Gundam is that turns into the small jet that yeah. Char pilots in Zeta, right? I haven't gotten to Zeta yet because we've we've just. <sighs> Uh, we're still going through Thunderbolt. Okay. I didn't even, that, that must be like a newer one that they filled in the gaps and all that other stuff. But yeah, well, my first, they, this, whole, they, this whole timeline's out of order. Yeah. Um, Thunderbolt, I think is actually the newest thing that's ever been released. I believe. Oh, okay. Um, so, so it's, it's but, actually newer than unicorn. All right, cool. So, so anyway, I was making, I was making a point, uh, not to, not to bore Cage into death. Uh, cause he's, he's he, not, he's, he's not a wee, he's not a weeaboo like we are. So I, that, that, that's cool. But um, the thing is that uh, we took a break from watching Thunderbolt for Thorn to rewatch um, Iron Blooded Orphans. It, and is it good? Like I watched the first like six episodes, and I was like, "This is cool," but I'm not feeling it at the moment. Sorry, Iron Blooded Orphans. Yes, opinion. And keep in mind, I'm not a Gundam fan. 
and oh. it is the greatest Gundam show watched. And not only that, even though I am not a Gundam fan, I very quickly become it has gone into my top twenty-five favorite anime of all time. All right, cool. I'll have to check. I'll definitely have to check it out. Uh, so that, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I got to ask y'all's question about a, a old classic. Have y'all watched Macross Saga? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, I'm an old Saku. Yeah. That is Macross is my jam. All right, so a buddy of mine, uh, of I'm what they call an old Taku, and I guess that would probably apply to you guys as well. Just uh, Macross, Macross was my jam. You do? Oh yeah. But, like I was gonna like what I was getting into. Like uh, my buddy Corey, um, he bought one of the Macross like like collections, not l- the first season collection, years and years and years ago. And uh, I once like in that time, like I used to hang out with Corey all the time. Like when we were growing up, he he was one of my best friends and stuff. So we we camped outside. So my parents set up a tent outside. We slept outside in the tent and, but we ran an extension cord into the tent. So we like, we hung out, we played PS2. We played war of the monsters or yeah. War of the monsters, that game for a long time. Cause, uh, Corey and I rented that, but we also, um, he, where he had Macross rent or bought, he bought that. I stayed up all like Corey slept. My brother slept and I stayed up all night watching, but this was before, I guess, binge watching was a thing. Watched all almost the, as much as I possibly could of the Macross DVDs of the the first series of of the uh, what what is it? I have it setting my 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 shelf right here right now I can stare at it but I cannot see because the color of the blue is the exact same thing blue as the other ones but it's it's the original Macross series which is comprised of like three or four different series correct like the original creator wanted to when he syndicated in the United States when he brought Macross over to the United States they wanted to get like three different animes together. It's like an amalgamation of, of various animes that make up the Macross series. And I, if I had if I had Wikipedia in front of me, I'd be able to tell you which ones those were. I'm, uh, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just slowly. Yes, I guess. Well, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Cajun is uh, trying to um, install uh, lights in his his house. So uh, that's because... yeah, that's the reason why he drew. So. I'm here-ish, sort of. It was the Robotech, it, the Robotech saga is all of them. That's the whole series. So yeah. yes, the Mac, the uh, it's the Macross saga, the Master series, and then the New Generations, and then so on. Uh, yeah. But in that whole thing, they've bought because I I own the DVD Protoculture collection. I bought this when I was about fourteen or fifteen with my own money from Best Buy. When it was on sale, they had like this huge anime sale, and I bought this for like forty bucks, and it, and it ran, I think, retailed at like one hundred and twenty or something at the time. So, I am a huge fan of Robotech, and occasion uh, it is awesome, and Minmay will forever be Bay, and uh... <laughs> she was just annoying as hell. <laughs> I mean, like. It's and like the first the, couple episodes, I was like, okay. And after that, it's just like, go away. Did I'd you, rather did, watch Sailor Moon. Did you finish it? Did you like finish it to like the, uh, yeah, because, yeah, no. No, frankly, because I bought it on iTunes like eight years ago, oh. eight or nine years ago. No, I got like halfway through the uh, first one. But I think the whole like jamming three shows together was like, how like Voltron and Power and just got the idea to do that. 
do that too. Oh, speaking of Ultron, the new Netflix series, incredible. Go watch that shit. I am not caught up, but my, it, it, I don't care if you like Ultron or not. It is an amazing show. The new Voltron? Yeah, new Voltron's fantastic. The old Voltron is annoying and cringy to watch. <laughs> yes, it is. I guess I guess moving on to, to different anime. Question. D- big, big question. Um, because um, I'm not sure if this was edited out of our of our pack special, but uh, Grant and I once went on a very, very long it was, diatribe about Dragon Ball GT. It was edited out on by your by your um your, your say so. You said we'll edit this out, and I was like, okay, I will agree. Yeah, well, it's very much not packs related, but since this particular topic is indeed anime, then we're fine. So, have you heard about the new Dragon Ball Super movie about Broly? Hell yeah, I have. Okay. So, what about you, Cajun? Have you have you heard about the new Super movie? Nada. But I also have like no interest in most Dragon Ball stuff, so. Cajun, we Dad, when we when we kidnap you to bring you up to Ohio for a few days, we're gonna binge watch some DBZ. Yeah, <sighs> we're no, yeah, we're no longer friends. We're we're oh. we're we're uh, we're working partners. College, um, dude, the most amazing summation of Dragon Ball Z, and I, I cannot to this day do it justice. But he's like he acts as a, he's gone on diatribe as a creator. He's like, oh, you want you know we're gonna do this. Okay, we do this. Wait, wait. You you want this now? Okay. Uh, he's gonna fight a baby now. Okay, they beat the baby. Now. What else? Uh, they're gonna fight the baby's big brother. It, it's just. I mean, that, that's the best are, part about are, DBZ. Too. Are you talking about Frieza or are you talking about Baby from GT? I'm just. I, I I'm talking about like <laughs> there was Boo, there was Majin Boo, and he's like, oh, okay, he's gonna fight the entire galaxy. Let's yeah. just do that. You know? Do you need to watch Super then, yeah. man? You need to watch Super because it it gets insane and it's great like i think i believe akira toriyama just likes to really mess with his whole fan base he's just like you know whatever i don't even care like we're gonna do some cool stuff you're gonna enjoy it it's all good As a, uh, if you, uh, from his perspective like, if you don't like it oh well i'm having fun the reason the reason i even ask is because this brings this brings up something that has been pissing me off for a while people hear something is coming back after a, a period of time they always use the word reboot. And that when people were talking about Broly coming back for this new movie, all of the articles, just a way to draw people in, are like, Dragon Ball's rebooting Broly. The fuck they are. <laughs> as far as I know. Did you see officially Akira Toriyama's tweet? Like, he put this big, like, statement out of how he had no involvement. He drew the initial sketch for Broly. He had no involvement in the films whatsoever in the storyline. He said he sat so down. I, yeah, you hold can finish, on, finish. Hold on. Chill, chill the fuck out, Grand Toriyama's tweet. And the way you're reading this back is the way all Dragon Ball fans read back anything Akira Toriyama says. That you are apl- implying more authority than is really necessary time Toriyama writes anything he's just a super chill kind of confused dude like anytime he's in any interview anytime he's he writes an email anything he's just really chill and kind of confused because yeah, the dudes um, work to death man he it like if you've read some of his forwards and backwards and like the ma- the manga or it, I'm just gonna say manga because because I, I like saying manga uh, uh-huh. but yeah if you're reading the forwards and backwards of like some of the 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 
manga, uh, the manga collections, he uh, states that he's like it draw it changes like his pictures. He draws a little like doodles and it's like there's a point like he's happy and he gets to the point where he's chained to the desk and he's sad and he's wore out and he's tired. Dude's overworked no. to death. What that wasn't my point. My point was that like a while ago he's like, oh yeah. Dragon Ball GT to be a side story. And when he said this, fans immediately took that to mean that GT wasn't giant air quotes real or giant air quotes canon. Do you know about Super, however, is that Super has already directly made callbacks to both um, both the specials and the filler. I have yet to watch the Dragon Ball Super Heroes short to promote the game, the 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 uh, mobile game, I've not seen that either. I have not. Apparently, it's super short, but apparently, Super Saiyan God Goku fights Super Saiyan Four Goku, but they're from different dimensions. I've been a big fan of that whole different dimensions thing um, ever since Dragon Ball Online, um, and you can like the whole idea of time force trunks. Dragon Ball Online then became Zen, like it's in the same continuity as Xenoverse, and. You can tell in Super that he's toying around with this idea of a multiverse, and it's really interesting. I, I so, do fair. I do believe uh, Goku mentions in that Dragon Ball Super. Well, the uh, little article I read that the fan backlash is like it's super short, blah blah blah. But he does. There is a mention of the Time Force in the Dragon Ball Heroes short. Okay, and I'll have to watch that later. But my my point was that whenever whenever Toriyama said like. Oh, I consider GT a side story. A bunch of Western fans, and it's always Western fans, are like, okay, GT's not canon. Well, it's fine because it sucked anyway. And the thing is that we know for a fact that when it comes to Toriyama's work, both his editors, the, the manga editors, as well as Toei TV, have far, far more creative control over Dragon Ball than he does. Yeah. And if there's one if there's one thing that you will always know is that from GT and content from the movies sells. People still love Broly. People still love Super Saiyan 4. They may not like GT and they may not like the Broly movies, but they like the character. Toriyama made this tweet, and I will bet you $20 right now. Like absolutely right now. He comes out, Broly will have a bit of a different redesign and he'll have a bit of a different personality, but he will not, the, the movie itself will not say anything that directly contradicts his origin story. And I will also wager that they will make some minor callbacks to the movie as well. The previous movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, in this, this tweet or whatever that he, he came out with, he said that he watched all the films. He, he enjoyed them. He liked them and that he made uh Changes to his origin story, minute changes to his origin story, minute changes to the character of Broly, kind of changed his art style a bit to fit into the continuity of Super. And everyone's art style's changed for Super. So. Yeah, and that um, he his editor basically said uh, Broly has a super huge uh, uh, fan base in Japan and in the West, and that we should make a Broly movie, and therefore that's why it exists. Well, and so that's the thing is like, as far as I am concerned, sitting here right now, and, and we're going to get all sorts of hate mail for this concerned right now, GT, I'm going to put an asterisk here and I'll explain my asterisk. GT is canon. I can agree. The movies, at least for the most part, are canon, are canon. The filler, and again, I'm putting an asterisk on that as well, is canon. And when I talk about can canonicity, there's a problem here in the West, in Japan, 
that manga and anime are separate things. Thing the thing about about fans over in Japan is that they know that the manga is one thing and the anime is another thing. And over here in the West, especially with Dragon Ball Z fans, they believe that the manga is authoritative canon and the anime is somehow non-canon. They, they should be realizing is that they are both canon to themselves. Stuff in the manga will, of course, probably affect stuff in the anime, even though the super manga is more like Boruto is being done in that the anime is the primary product now just as dragon ball super the anime is the primary product whereas the manga is now a tie-in so it's kind of reversed how it used to be but manga will probably affect what happens in the show however the show is still if a character exists in the show it's not like oh we're now in we're now in anime con we're now in manga content in the anime that character never existed no fucking launch or not launch fucking um marin existed Hold out as existing in super yeah i understand where you're coming from. that's like people how i compare like i enjoy um the walking dead gra uh, comic versus the uh -huh. television show because i like the content or better like, in the comic versus the tv show or like the game of thrones show which just wrapped uh, forever versus the books which we're still waiting on the last one from martin so it's going to continue on past where the show that uh ends he, he will never finish that book. Brandon Sanderson will come in. He'll finish the book like he finished The Will of Time. Yeah, he, I don't think Martin's ever going to finish. He's, he's enjoying just like... I think he's just burnt out on it, possibly. Dude, he's, he's, know, he's, 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 he's been a slow writer. writer. Yeah, yeah. He's just sitting back getting him royalty checks now from the television show. He don't care anymore. Like, And I honestly believe that there's there's a difference between stating, oh, I prefer this version of this thing. Because to be honest, I prefer Dragon Ball the manga and Dragon Ball Z the manga, well, because it's all Dragon Ball the manga, even Z, um, to the anime. I, I, think, I think that it is a better, um, more efficient product. However, just because I prefer that and just because people prefer it, the the ability to go say oh well the nothing that happens in the anime is canon and as far as we are standing four is is a money maker as far as merchandise and games and all that stuff and things so far in g or in super to say definitively happening nothing yeah what about what about um my we live we they live in a world where the dragon balls exist like i'm sorry that's your answer yeah is yeah. That nothing, none of the things that are minor deviations are even remotely permanent. They're like, well, what, why wouldn't there be Super Saiyan God powers? Well, maybe it's entirely possible that Vegeta, being a father for so long and not fighting, meant that he couldn't, he could no longer summon up the powers for lack of training. And because Goku was a child, maybe he couldn't summon all those powers. Or maybe they get taken away because Super's not fucking done. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, maybe like Beerus is like where you refuse to be a, um, refuse to be a uh, a god of destruction that you do not you're not allowed to have these powers or something uh, yeah like you they could they could find some minute details or something to to strip the exactly the, i mean it, meaning no i mean i understand where your logic is coming from and where you're 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 heading and so so the thing is that people like people like gt isn't canon i'm like you just don't like gt <laughs> the movies aren't canon you just don't like the movies. Like that's the that's fine if you don't like the movies. I mean, there are some real stinkers in there. Tree but of like, Might, though, man. Tr Tree of Might. 
fight was so dumb. But, but it's so good. <laughs> it's so awesome. It, it was the first time I got to see KO Can times three before like Goku hit it in the the television show. Like it was it was great. I don't know. But yes. Okay. So I mean I don't know. We could probably talk on talk for hours about anime and all that other stuff. But let, let's let's do well, like Cajun looked like he was trying to say something. Cajun, what you got? Oh, I was going to say, um, how much controversy would be uh, created if the creators and current directors and all that of DB, all the Dragon Ball sagas, like, would get into the Dragon Ball, the uh, I forgot what the name of the game, but the latest Dragon Ball fighter game, and, like, pit different versions of the characters against each other. That's, that's, like, that, I don't think there'd be much controversy yeah, there. Yeah, that's that's similar to Dragon Ball Heroes. Like they Dragon Ball Heroes, like like I said, you have Super Saiyan God Goku versus Super Saiyan Gen Four Goku. Keep in mind, also in Toriyama's mind, uh, at least according to him, Dragon Ball Online is canon. Yeah, all sorts of weird shit can happen crossover wise. So I don't think it. I don't think fans would be that. Well, maybe the fans in the West, but I think I think it'd probably be fine. Yeah, dude, I don't care. I'm just on for the ride. I, I'm just like I enjoy it. I, I don't. Man, that it, it all hark, harkens back to like the whole you know Ninja Turtles is getting rebooted for the umpteenth time, and everyone's like, "That's not my Ninja Turtles." Blah blah blah, and all the other stuff. Like I make the whole joke of like Pikachu and Eevee and stuff, like hashtag not my Pokemon, and all that other stuff. You know, I don't care. Like if you enjoy the game, just play it. That's cool. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw down my two bits and play it. Like it's just not. I don't want to play that game. I want to play a. And I actually will. I will say this to the official audience. Uh, to the audience, uh, uh, our our Pokemon embargo has officially ended. Uh, we had a discussion between between the last two episodes, or the last episode and now. And there's no more po- a Pokemon embargo. We will probably have an actual Pokemon episode here pretty soon. I know that the Cajun and Grant are definitely wanting that. So just. Yeah, no, but it, but like I'm saying, like it goes back to whole, you know, like if the new Voltron, people are upset about that. The new Thundercats, like it's all for a new generation. Why? Why does it matter? Like my my son, like he's watched the um, the 2000 late 2000s uh, Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles. I've watched it with him. He's also I own some of the old Ninja Turtles DVDs from the 1980s and, and early 90s, and we've watched those together. It's like it's just bringing a new generation into the fold to bring them interest in like, it's like the older generation. to are like, this is where it came from. Watch this. If you want to watch it, if you enjoy it, that's cool. You enjoy the new stuff too. That's okay. That's where my viewpoint falls. Like everyone who got upset about the new power Rangers and shit, like whatever, like the movie was okay. It was mediocre. I was surprised of how decent it was, but you know, whatever. I I will say, I'm talking about Power Rangers since you mentioned it. So I watched it for a little while as a kid, right? Because all of us did. And after, like, once I started hearing like junior high, I just completely lost it. And just, I never had, like, YouTubing gave me a, like, the history of Tommy on the, uh, was it Dino Thunder? Yep. Uh, saga. And I actually started watching it, and, like, I, I've tried to go back and watch some of the other ones. Or I've caught them, like, on the morning cartoons and stuff like that, blocks. And they were bad. But this one, the Dino Thunder, major props to all those writers because they did just a good job of, like, writing the actual episodes. They did a really amazing job doing homage to the entire legacy of this show. I mean, and the fact that they brought back... You know, the one actor who 
in my opinion, is genuinely worthy of the Power Ranger legacy because he's gone on and done the mixed martial arts, and he's just generally such a good guy. You know, it's like they did everything right with that series. I've watched probably about half of it already. Um, the the Nickelodeon when Nick when Nickelodeon owned the Power Rangers property, um, was some of the best Power Rangers, like modern Power Rangers. Um, you're then, wrong. I have reasons to say this. Well, I, dude, may when, I? When Disney bought, when Disney oh, now that Disney owns Power Rangers, those that shit's garbage. Like the Backward. newest Power Rangers is Brand. awful. Brand, you yes. have it backwards. Nickelodeon has it now. Disney had it when it was really good. Okay, never mind. Yeah, backwards then. Yeah, when Disney that's had it, it was I great. Have, that's why I said you're wrong. Watch the originals again. Yes, I have. You can go on Netflix if you own a Netflix okay. uh, account. You can watch like all of them. It, it is so like even taking away from the the nineties of it, uh, the nineties of it, like. This was years ago, but I tried to go back and watch a couple episodes. And watching Billy, quote-unquote, hack into the computers, he's just literally moving his hands up and down. <laughs> like, he's not even actually typing. He's just moving his hands up and down, hitting keys, like claw hand. It's like, how? How did I ever... Because you were a child, really... and you had a slower, like, he's a higher a... margin of disbelief. Okay, so I have I mean, to. I, I have can to still recognize that it was like a dude in a rubber suit, or like with the Megazord, it was a dude in a spandex suit and some cardboard on him. But like, how did I miss that he was doing like claw hands for typing? You know, I knew what typing was. Something, and I, I just have to say two big things, and I apologize. I have a little thing before I say my big things. My little thing is you have accidentally wandered into my dojo. I'm really sorry. No, this is like this is a whole nother topic. We need to talk about some of our favorite anime and wrap this shit up. This will be an, uh, we can grand. huh? As the as the Pandora's... it's died. If I don't say if I don't say these things right now, I'm gonna jump off a bridge. You don't even understand. Okay, well don't do, do that. It, and I've got one more anime to bring up. Do one more anime I want to bring up. Can it be after I finish with my Power Rangers rant? Yes, start it. Yeah, yeah have at it. Go. Thing one, it should be noted that I have seen every season of Power Rangers except for Ninja Steel. I will be watching Ninja Steel here very soon. It's not good. I'm aware. <laughs> thing number, that's why I haven't watched it yet. Um, thing number two um, is that, um, and keep in mind, I'm also a fan of actual Tokusatsu uh, Super Sentai stuff as well. Uh, Tokusatsu Common Rider. Uh, Tokusatsu is the genre, and Common Rider is another. But anyway, the thing is that. Power Rangers, when it started, it thought it was a comedy. Power Rangers got really, really good at Power Rangers in Space. I think Power Rangers in Space really holds up. With the, the Psycho Rangers and stuff? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, my God, yes. Um, anything post, like, Power Rangers in Space was great. Anything post Power Rangers in Space for a little while was also pretty great. However, feeding into what Grant had said, the Disney era of Power Rangers. Um, so Time Force, um, Mystic it, Force. SPD, um, right? Uh, those are um, RPM. Actually, RPM sucked, but for entirely different reasons. Those Go are... Turbo. <laughs> turbo. Yeah, Turbo the movie, no. hell yeah. Yeah, Jay, I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you, but I think it's just because of our age, like the era that like we were watching. I'm just a few years... Like, I think I'm a few seasons behind where you were as far as like my favorite stuff. But again, I think it's just our age discrepancy. Well, you're older than me. Yeah. Like, like I'm, 
Jay and I were about the same age. Very stuff, but definitely the first generation with the Green Ranger, all the way through Turbo and uh, the original Ninja. That was like my prime. And you come in like it went went Mighty Morphin. It went Mighty Morphin, and then Alien Rangers, and then Ninja, and then and then Turbo, or and then Zeo, then Turbo. Um, as a child, I thought Turbo was hot garbage. (laughs) I am twenty eight right now. As a child, I thought Turbo was hot garbage. Going back and rewatching it, I still think it's hot garbage. <laughs> I do not think I do not think the actor who played um, what was his name, uh, the, the blue, little kid, the Blue Shit. Ranger. Um, yeah, yeah, that was kind of weird. He was a bad actor. I think that it was. Uh, I think that they they misjudged a ch- a child's want for a child ranger. But those actors in that show did absolutely wonderfully in In Space. The point ultimately was, though, that the Disney era um, was the best Power Rangers storytelling ever. Very sad that during the Disney era, so many Power Rangers fans talked about how awful it was and how much they wanted Saban to take the license back. Because the second Saban took the license back, Samurai, Super Samurai, Mega Force, Dino Charge, cool. It's absolutely just tepid the tepid pudding what's the mega for, of, mega force is the one where they get all the keys right and uh they can turn into whatever power rangers some like legacy and stuff right yeah so the the thing is that that was actually a really good premise what? yeah it, it's the premise um, is actually, cool no the problem is that they got actors who couldn't act and, and okay, so this was all to build to something very, very actually important that I think the audience needs to know. I believe that these new, and I'm agreeing with you, Grant, but I have to make a little dissent, that shows made for children, and that sometimes it, it's not really for us adults to be like, well, that's bad. However... I believe that we still, even with children's media, need to be critical of it. Meaning, yeah. to, uh, this, uh, this new Thundercats reboot that we know basically nothing about is probably just fine. If it starts being a dumb show, I mean qualities, that's when we can call a foul. Not because we don't like the art style, not because we don't like the humor, but when it starts trending into being bad media. And I don't just believe that the the Neo Saban era of Power Rangers is called. I don't just believe that it's bad at being a Power Rangers show. I honestly believe that it is bad, lazy, internally inconsistent, poorly written, poorly acted, low budget, and these are things that it's, if Disney it's just a cash grab. Absolutely a cash grab, which is funny because they don't make a lot of money on these shows. Dude, I know, the, I know the toys have gotten really shitty too. Like the the toys have gotten yeah. atrocious. I don't think I've uh, like I used to get like Power Rangers Megazords for every Christmas, and I think uh, Space was one of the last ones. One of the the big uh, whatever they had the rocket and all the other stuff. That was the From last. Mega- yeah, that was the last Megazord that I got. Yeah, there was the uh, there was the Astro Mega ship, and then the uh, the Delta Flyer. I believe it was the Delta Flyer, and then you had the the Astro Mega Zord and the Delta Mega Zord. Yeah, in space is, is one of my favorite of all time. Space, it's just fucking uh, perfect. Galaxy was um, dope. I mean, yeah, it was interesting. Um, it was, but it was it was very much a oh okay, okay that's fine. 
but um like like dino thunder ninja storm spd all of those those are the best that they've ever been um and uh and what was what was the other one too jungle fury was that um, one that was owned by nick yeah jungle fury jungle fury is pretty great too what was the one after jungle fury that was um i thought it was mystic quest was, was after came mystic force and it was mystic force then rpm then um then jungle fury and then another car themed one giant air quotes which was really really good because it was actually taking place in an alternate universe oh yeah um, it was the super dark one good and the comedy was really great too like in it that was like, rpm um, right because sbd was like the space police department and then it was yeah, RPM. rpm was was they were uh they were all treasure hunters and they all lived in a big mansion. And oh, it no. turns out that the Red Ranger was secretly a robot built by a rich guy. <laughs> what? what? No, that was Overdrive. Was it Overdrive? That was Operation Overdrive. RPM was the dark one, the really dark one. Operation Overdrive. Yeah, you're was, right. Yeah. You're right. Well, the problem is Operation Overdrive and RPM were both car-themed giant air quotes yeah which is why i get them confused but no um rpm was so good and operation overdrive was so terrible yes yeah that's when it started falling downhill i believe that's actually not when they were falling downhill because you had operation overdrive and then jungle fury was really good and then rpm was really good it was just a blemish in the disney era and it was fine yeah um and dino thunder like was dino thunder the end of the disney era Oh, RPM was the last Disney era show. Okay, yeah, all right. So was no, it went. Dino Thunder was number two. Okay. Okay. Force, um, Time Force, Dino Thunder, Ninja Storm, or did it go Ninja Storm, Dino Thunder? It was either second or third, and then SPD, Mystic Force, uh, Operation Overdrive. Again, yeah, like I, I said, I'm really sorry. With, um... No, I, I agree with you, Jay. Like you can be a kid's show and you can still pull all the you know cheap deus ex machina save the day stuff of a hero show because it's a kid's show and still have good writing and good characters and stuff like that and you can also just be cheap and just have lazy writing entirely you know like, and it's just not a good show on any level like going back agreed i absolutely agree and going back with what grant had said about ninja turtles i love the original comics Series. Yeah, um, and yeah. I thought. Cajun. What? Cajun. I said Eastman I'm and Laird, but yes. Uh, no, I was just saying. I was saying your name because we could hear you uh, fabricating, so, scraping popcorn off the ceiling. Picking something up. <laughs> you got. You got. Yeah, you're like super sensitive. Yeah. Jesus. No, I, it's easy for y'all to not hear me when I try to say something. But you know, I mean, not not arguing with you guys, but like, apparently, like my my mic sucks with my voice, but it picks up everything else. No, I think I think no, you might be right. It might actually be the problem. You may want to go into your mic settings and fuck around with that. Dude, I'm on Android right now, so there ain't much settings to fuck around with. Huh? But um, yeah, girls. So yeah. the thing is that. The original series was great. The Eastman Laird uh, Mirage comics were great. Um, some of the, like, the Image comics kind of sucked. Next Mutation kind of sucked. Well, it really sucked. But the 2003 show, really good. And then the 2011 show, really, really good. 
um, the the Tin Ninja Turtles anniversary shorts that they put out recently were really, really good. Yeah. That I don't care what people say about this new art style. Fuck them. I think the show's probably going to be great. I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm going to check it out. Like, this new Thundercat show, like, it. I'm just like, all right, I'll check it out. I'll give it a whirl. But it's, like I was saying, it's bringing a new generation into the fold. It's indoctrinating a new generation into nerddom, into geek culture. I, I'm like, just let them have it. Like, whatever. It, it's this this whole uh, combat between, you know, that's not mine. That's not what I grew up. You're ruining my childhood. That's what it is. It's gatekeeping. Yeah, it, it just... You, I don't know. I'm over it. Have you ever seen the um, documentary series on Netflix, the, the Toys That Made Us? Oh, yes. Fantastic. Yeah. The, the Thundercats episode. Like, the show, like it started off with toys, which was cool and all that, and everyone liked it. And they did the show... And it was good. And then, like, whatever they're coming out with now, like, I'm very hesitant based on that hour saw. It can go either, either way. A really good, like, Steven Universe did. Like, it's got, a, you know, a campy art style, but it's still re- a really good show. Or it can go, you know, Teen Titans go level stupid. But, oh, hold on, hold on. But it cannot get worse than, like, really where... He Man was and Thundercats were at the the end of their cycles, you know, where it is really just cash cowing everything until the entire franchise crashed and burned. I uh, speaking of He Man and just a little throwback and just a side tangent to pound tangents, th- like this whole last subject is just like, what about dope ass television shows we watched as a kid? That's cool. I mean, whatever. But uh, or or just geek culture like zeitgeist in general. But the like. Mid to early two thousands, uh, He Man they showed on Toonami was super good. dope. Yeah, it was super good. It was. It sucked that it got canceled. Yes. So, um, that's that's one of the interesting things. Um, so I have I have two little comments on that, and then we can talk about Cajun's anime, I guess. Uh, because yeah. I didn't mean to like, I didn't mean to hard right turn this as much <laughs> as I did. Um, but that, um, so the two comments are. I don't like the original Thundercats. And I didn't like the original He-Man. Do you know what I did fucking like? The 2003 He-Man show on Cartoon Network? Do you know what else I did Mm -hmm. fucking like? The The 2011 Thundercats show that was canceled before its goddamn time? They were fucking great. That's why I'm so glad that Netflix has Voltron right now is because Netflix... like. Those two got canceled because they didn't cash in fast enough. They get, didn't get the kids to buy the toys fast enough. Yep. And so, went, okay, we'll just t- toss in the scrap heap, you know, screw dude, whatever no, else. Dude, we yeah, dude, this, the, the Netflix Voltron is incredible. It is so good. So the and thing is, they have time to build it up. Yes, That's they the have. Thing, like, they've, t- they've let it become its own thing, you know? has this problem where they do not believe that um, that action shows are good. They uh, recently that should be noted is, and this was going back to what you were you were saying, Kate. This was my second point actually, is that people often compare Clarence, Uncle Grandpa, the new Thundercats, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, the quote-unquote CalArts art style. First off, most of those were not done by CalArts, CalArts alum, A. And B, they look nothing. What did look alike? Every fucking show from the late 1980s. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
is that no i i was just gonna say i understand where you're coming from yeah yeah in the 80s like almost every show looked the same they all had the same art style I am always concerned when I see a new comedy coming out from Cartoon Network, not because the art style looks like Teen Titans Go, because I don't think this new Thundercats looks anything like Teen Titans Go, not even remotely. However, I'm concerned oh, no, because I'm, I'm like, trying oh. to say that it's in the same art style, but like, the <sighs> internet is though. I'm not saying you are. I'm saying the internet has said this ad nauseum. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, no, 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 no. Like there, so. Gumball was mixed medium. You know, you had some stuff that was like images with photoshopped eyes and stuff like that. And some of it was just looked like it was hand drawn. Those were clearly three dimensional animation. And that was a great show. But then you also had Uncle Grandpa, which is similar. It's not to the same extent that Gumball was, but it does have, you know, some stuff in there that's mixed medium. And frankly, that was so, such a stupid bizarre what, show what's the that uh, i flat out said why you're not allowed to watch this like i if, if i can't get any semblance of like anything besides we're gonna be zany for the sake of zany it's like no you're not watching that you need an actual what, joke what was it was weird what was the show before gumball like that was had to do with like the fishermen like what was that show on cartoon um, network <sighs> i cannot remember it uh flapjack it was it was something about flapjack yes um Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack. Yes, that show was and is incredible. And uh, I always thought it, I always, always read it off. I was like, oh, I'm too old for this Cartoon Network. Like, this, these shows are, this is stupid. And I got sick one day. And they had like a, this massive marathon of, of Flapjack. And uh, I was, I was just, just uh, taking large teaspoons and shots of, Codeine, cough medicine, and hiding under covers, and going in and out of like sleep. But as I was watching this, I was like, it got me hooked. I was like, this show is incredible. Like, there's like everyone's like talking about like SpongeBob and it, like SpongeBob's so great. No, like no, amazing. Yeah, Flabjack is incredible. It was one of the greatest shows ever made. I don't know if it was the codeine talking, but I thoroughly enjoyed that show. <laughs> so the thing, the thing yeah, I, to you. The thing to you, Cajun, um, in, in response to what you were saying about, about Uncle Grandpa is, I look at Uncle Grandpa and all I can see is Cow and Chicken and Ren and Stimpy. Um, and I am not a fan of either of those shows, and they are very similar in my head where I'm like, oh man, it's just random gross out weirdness, and I just don't know why and care. Yeah, I mean, Ren and Stimpy was one... <sighs> Ren and Stimpy, I never, I never attached to, but Cow and Chicken. There was still a in universe, like it, it was weird, but it wasn't. Both of those had weird in them and like unexpected stuff, but it wasn't like this. We're gonna do something that's zany to try to get a laugh, and it's hard for me to articulate. But there's a definite difference in it. You know, it's like Adult Swim versus uh, the, the subversion of expectations is what it is. That, that's all it comes down to. You're to go one way. Yeah, but it's like in, in the universes of, you know, Cow and Chicken and Ren and Snippy, they they all had roles. You know, you, you expected it. Uh, 
it's inconsistent within itself. They do it on the grandpa's one. But it's like <sighs> just be old. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, not trying to uh, not trying to dismiss what you're saying. I'm I'm just I'm wondering how uh, much of it is your age. Yeah, no, nah, I don't know. But, well, that this this no, like I, mean, I, I think if, if it's a well done show that like does irony and puns and stuff like that and euphemisms, there's genuine like more to the joke than just a you know it's being weird for the sake of being weird, you know. In Uncle Grandpa, there isn't that wit to it. There isn't that second or third level that or angle you could take the joke at. Yeah, it's just weird for the sake of weird. A few episodes. You know? I, I just I'm not entirely convinced that cow and chicken was more nuanced than that. Uh, I'm sure that Ren and Stimpy was more nuanced. Those we have we have stumbled in like 18 Bravo, million cow topics. And chicken, you need to go rewatch because there is a lot of stuff. And Dexter's allowed to, but it is like, holy crap, I watched this as a kid. Especially Johnny Bravo. I mean... It's an entirely different animal. I think Johnny Bravo is great. Um, I'm just saying specifically Cow and Chicken. I have rewatched Cow and Chicken, and I do not... And I dislike it for the same reasons I disliked it as a kid, which is the same reasons I dislike Uncle Grandpa. I don't like Uncle Grandpa. I understand where you're coming from, uh, Cajun, with the whole weirdness and stuff. I was a weird kid. Yeah. I enjoyed Cow and Chicken, but I'm like, I, the few episodes I did watch of Uncle Grandpa, I was like, what's with this pizza dude? And what's with this creepy lizard man? And what's with this creepy grandpa? Everything's creepy yeah. and real weird. And, and uh, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. But let's get back on to the anime yeah. topic that Cajun, what did you have? <laughs> this so, is good. okay. Update regarding um, the Robotech and Macross Saga, season one of the three. Is actually on Netflix here in the U.S. Because um, I was looking up the name of another uh, anime I wanted to bring up and say go watch this because it was amazing, and it actually came up on the list before the one I was looking for. Yeah. Um, so if anyone wants to go check it out, there you go. Also, if you want to check out the original run, you can actually watch the original run of Macross or the Robotech Saga. You can watch the English version and the Japanese original uncut versions on. Amazon Prime. They have all the the both versions before they edited and butchered it on Amazon Prime video. Well, I don't know which if this is just my cross saga or what it uh, it says Robotech in the nineteen eighty five one season. So I don't know if it's one of the three seasons or what now. When it was so. sent, when it was brought over into the United States, they they the Macross saga. Because originally Robotech is like one season. It was supposed to be standalone, had no tie-ins to yeah. New Masters or, or yeah, the Masters saga. I think this is the first one because it says, when a mysterious spaceship crashes in the Pacific, uh, must master the science of robotechnology and rebuild a giant fortress. So yeah, I believe it was Robotech over in the States, and then all three of those shows, Macross and the, the other two, were, were all rebranded as, as Robotech over here. It was Robotech the Macross saga. <laughs> And then Macross, the anime franchise, was an entirely separate franchise in Japan, which was also really good. But the first, the first shows of both of them were basically the same. Yeah, I don't know. So, what was your other thing about anime, Cajun? So the other one was, um, and I found a, kind of a third one um, that I haven't finished here on Netflix. So one that is amazing to watch is one, only one season long, uh, Gargantia. 
Um, alien space dude in a mech crashes on Earth, uh, post-apocalyptic Earth, kind of like Waterworld Earth, um, and pretty much comes up like adapts to like the fact that he's never gonna get home. Yeah, you I've, know, and it's just a gr- it's a really good show. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. It sounds sounds interesting. It, it's it's pretty good. I've watched the first uh, five episodes or so of that. I never it didn't really hook me, so I kind of dropped it. It's it's not a really deep story, but it is a, a decent one for one that's like just based around a lot of action. See, I got reeled in with the mech, and then I was just like, it, there was not enough mech combat, so I stopped watching it. Just stick with it because, especially the last bit, it gets really heavy uh, in the mech stuff. But yeah, and then um, Knights of Sidonia. Uh, I need to go back and finish that actually. Need to add that to my list. Oh yeah, right that now. that that is a Netflix exclusive kind of. It's a CG yes. um, animated version, but yeah, um, yeah, kind of CG to the flattened two D ish looking stuff. It's weird, but it it was a good show that I started. I need yeah. to go finish it. Yeah, it's it's a cool anime. I, I like I I started watching it. Like if it isn't any any indication, um, if I'm not watching documentaries or um uh the the TV show Glow. Or like some Netflix, like Stranger Things, or some Netflix originals and all that other stuff. Um, it, it's all good. Um, but yeah, let uh, we've been running really long. So Cajun, you I know you you don't watch too much anime, so we'll start with you. Give give me some uh, anime recommendations that you would say that you could you could give. Um, so besides the uh, Gargantia and I Sidonia, um, I am a sucker for um, the Sword Art Online, the first two seasons. Hell yeah. yeah. Get into the third one with you, uh, Gun, the Gun Gale or whatever that is. I know it's bad, but, you know, I'm a sucker for it. I don't know why. But, um, and then, of course, there's the giant dick joke that is Gurren Logan. You know, I'm a sucker for it. So, dude, Gurren Logan's great. Gurren Logan's great. Um, it is. Um, it, like I said, it's it has mechs. Jay, Jay can, pfft, whatever. S- SAO, not a bad anime. It's well done. It's kind of like a romance story. Uh, it's all right. I enjoy it. I think right now the uh, gu- um, uh, SAO alternative, sort of online alternative, uh, Galgun, uh, that one. It's not bad. It's on I Hulu. Know, yeah, yeah it, it's pretty good. I enjoy it. No, I think um, the guy that created SAO, he's like going back and doing a new manga, possibly, because he was like, the first time I did this to create the show, he was like, I really like. I've grown as a writer since then. I I would have done a lot of this differently, and it's like I I want to go back to this world and do it correctly this time. So even if you're not a huge fan of the show, but you if you like the premise of getting stuck in a world, the virtual world where if you unplug, you die. Um, stay tuned yeah. for news on it. A recommendation for that. I, there's a there's a anime called No Game No Life on Hulu that I watched that the guy gets stuck into a video game similar. The SAO and isekai. Isekai is the genre of being trapped in another world, usually a video game or another dimension. So dot hack, uh, SAO, um, uh, that other That's one. Fair. That's fair. With the with the cat, the cat guy, the the rapiers. I I just least favorite genre of anything. I, I think that's fair. If it's just not your genre, that you know, no fault there. Uh, uh Jay, I know. I'm sure you have plenty of recommendations. So. Have at it. Have at it, bro. Okay. See this. 
So I'm going to I'm going to recommend stuff that I hope not everyone has seen or heard of. And I'm also going to let my I'm going to let my old Taku flag fly a little bit. Not too old, not too old, but definitely uh, like Toonami era, like that that era. I hope post Toonami. Um, old Taku is usually pre Toonami, but I'm going to go post Toonami, but some more obscure stuff as well as some newer stuff. So um, that that if you are fa- a fan of Little Witch Academia, and if you are a fan of Madoka Magica. You deserve it to yourself, petite. Or sorry, that yeah, uh, to watch Princess Tutu. That's about the like the Swan Princess, right? Similar. So Princess Princess Chicha is it's uh, about a ma- it's a magical girl show that it's it's surprisingly dark. It's also surprisingly heartfelt. It's about a living fairy tale that its central its central focus is on uh, is on Swan Lake, and then it expands to other like actual Grimm's fairy tales and Aesop's fables and stuff after that. And it is, it is absolutely one of my favorite shows of all time. I mean, you've never felt me. Weird. I'm, I'm going to use this as reference also when I'm like, I have no anime to watch. So, cause you, Monica Magica, you knocked it out of the park. I can't say m- too much about that, that anime. Like if you don't even like anime, watch Monica Magica. That's all I got to say. Um, um, I I am a firm believer that if you like Monica Magica, you deserve you you deserve it to yourself to watch Princess Chuchu. It starts getting dark at the second season. It's as dark as Monica Magica. It's because Monica Magica is still a shojo Pete. It's still a shojo um thing, whereas Monica Magica is seinen. Um, for those of you who don't know, shojo means like young girls, and then uh, seinen is adult males. And in in Japan, they they treat demographic as if it's genre. Um, but it is it is one of the darkest shojo shows you're gonna watch. It's also incredibly heartfelt. You'll probably cry at the end. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, number two is also shojo. Um, that's not my entire my entire thing. Isn't gonna be just hugely shojo. Uh, another show that if you like uh, little, uh, My Witch Academia, My Witch, Little Witch Academia, sorry for that. Um, a, a great show to watch would be Uchiputa Yushi or Petite Princess Yushi. It involves witches and curses and and girl love and um, overcoming overcoming magical obstacles through friendship, and it's absolutely wonderful. Um, a little older also is D and Angel, not too old, obviously. D and Angel is like what happens if a magical girl show was was about guys all right there's uh there's no other way to say it uh there's magical girl trans uh uh magical girl transformations but dudes? um you okay yeah i said i was just said but dudes and magical girl transformations it's, but it, dudes it stars a dude uh, okay. Daisuke Niwa, and um, on his on his fifteenth birthday, he finds out that he is actually supposed to be the successor to the great Phantom Thief Dark, whose job it is is to steal magical artifacts. And so it turns out this Phantom Thief Dark is living in his head, very similar to kind of a Yami Yugi kind of situation, except that it turns out the only way for him to change back is to find his sacred maiden, the his one true love. And um, there's this other guy. He's the son of a cop, and he's a super genius. Who is who is Craid? Who is this um, this opposite force? And it's it's absolutely wonderful. I, I love the I love the anime. It's very it's older, like mid two thousands. Uh, it's an ADV production. Going a little more modern, a uh, certain magical index and a certain scientific railgun. If you like um, if you like My Hero Academia, 
um, then you'd probably enjoy them. Lots of really great superpowers. Um, kind of a school-based kind of thing, not too much. It's absolutely wonderful. Probably the most modern show I'm going to recommend right now would be, and you probably, probably you've already seen it, there was a Netflix remake of it as well. Uh, it is Erased. Erased is this psychological crime drama involving time travel, and it it's not as it's not as sounds. It mostly takes place in the past, as a young boy has jumped into the, his past self and is now trying to solve a murder um, of of a of a, a, a group of school children. It's it's absolutely great. I won't give anything away. Um, I will say that as a mystery, it's a little disappointing. It's pretty easy to figure out. But if you have the chance to watch it, you absolutely should. All right. Hey, Greg, before you take her, can I jump in and get y'all's opinion on one of my guilty anime pleasures? Because I just remembered oh, binge-watching this one last month. Or on High School Host Club. <laughs> absolutely love it. I've, I've never okay. actually watched there has it. There has been I, a greater reverse harem ever, and it is hilarious. It is fucking just great. Um, as as a uh, fan of big pervy anime, uh, I like harem animes just just because because I like pervy animes. But all right, I'm, reverse I'm, harem. Yeah, well, no, I like harem spirit. Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Whatever. Let everybody love everybody. It don't matter. Spread it around. I, whatever. When I was making my when I was making my round of suggestions, I was going to jokingly say Boku no Pico, but I, I completely spaced when it came time for me. So what what is that? Google it. Um, I don't want our podcast to be taken down. Um, <laughs> okay. Jesus. All right. Uh, With all the stuff we've talked about, if that can get us taken down, maybe we should not Google that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm probably well, going to leave I, it in. I'm probably just gonna leave that. Just, just, just go, uh, listeners. Go Google it if you're interested. Go Google it. I don't know how to spell it. We're not even gonna spell it out. Just, just, just go. Just go. Just go check it out. Um, my recommendations are probably more. Um, first off, classic. If you've never watched a single anime in your entire life, uh, Cowboy Bebop. Then I have two favorite animes from the Toonami era. That is Roroni Kenshin and Outlaw Star. Those are my two like from the, the Toonami era minus Gundam, the Gundam era of of tsunami uh, more modern like i said uh you have uh darling in Fran- uh franks uh that one that's the most uh, recent one i'm watching i'm also on and off watching food wars when it's on uh my hero academia is a great anime it's about a kid who was born with no superpowers in a uh basically society filled with superpowers and he is gifted with that superpowers because he shows this great herohood this might that uh other Heroes that are gifted with the powers don't really show. Uh, what what else? What else can I recommend? Um, what's the other anime? One like, Punch Man. F- f- yeah, fuck yeah. That's all I gotta say. Just one, just go I'm watch sorry, One Punch Man. Us, I just like, it's like none of us have even remotely mentioned One Punch Man. It's like how in the hell did we miss this? I mean, if you haven't heard of One Punch Man, you must not like oh, anime. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. Uh, that's the like, reason I didn't, I wanted more obscure stuff and not even like super obscure, but just more obscure because, you know, I feel that a lot of our audience probably already watches on me. I think everyone's already seen, you know, One Punch Man. Go watch Digimon. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Digi- Try just ended. Yeah. So. Digimon Try is incredible. It's great. Digimon Try is so good, but I'm, I'm, I mean, a, I'm an old school Digimon fan. As, as far as I'm concerned, my favorite anime of all time 
two-way tie between Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So, I mean, I'm pretty easy to please. It's uh, kind of the perfect show. Yeah, yeah. Like, Brotherhood is better than Full Metal Alchemist, but Full Metal Alchemist is still really, really good. I mean, it's, it's just... My head, in my head, they are equal for entirely different ways, and if you watch them back-to-back, you have one experience, which is better than watching them without each other. Yeah. I think I think Brotherhood is, is too comedy-focused. I think it's too action-focused. I don't think there's enough horror... I don't think there's enough drama. I think it, it moves a little too fast. I think Alkahestry is fucking bullshit. I think uh, fucking uh, the panda. <laughs> fuck that panda. Um, so there's. Yeah, no, you, that's a good recommendation, though. A- the anime just in general is just it's massive. But uh, I don't know, Roll, man. If you're listening, if you're listening, Crunchyroll, give us a sponsorship. We'll uh, we'll that. shill the fuck out of it. Yeah, that would be just, dope. Uh, I watch a lot of anime. I would be, yeah. Um, uh, also, like we mentioned, Dragon Ball Super. If you're a Dragon Ball Z fan and you haven't watched Super, get the fuck out and go watch that shit right, right here, right now. Just, just stop the podcast right now. Pause it. Go watch. Just binge watch all three hundred and or two hundred and seventy one episodes or three hundred twelve somewhere around there. Was, and if you remember after all that that this podcast still exists, we'll see you then. Yeah, yeah. Then come back, finish, finish it, and then, then you can email Jay at. Podcast Wraith Games, something like that. Uh, PodcastWraithGames.com. Yeah. Um, but I, there's just, like, I don't know. I watch a lot of anime. I, I've gotten, like, I've, I've just, this drought of games, so I've been just diving into other media that I enjoy. So, yeah. Anime is awesome. Made in Abyss is fucking great. Oh, uh, I have one question you've probably watched. Uh, where do you start with the Fate Saga? Like, So what you do, what you do with Fate is um, this, you have to kind of decide why you want to watch fate and then after you kind of figure that out um you need to call a shrink oh as is far it, as i'm concerned. is it not good i i very much don't like fate however another reason we should have had natalie on this podcast is natalie absolutely loves fate um i i do not so i, I can i can there. see the appeal of it but yeah i was like i just like i don't even know where to dive in i'm not diving in with yeah. Fate Stay Night, and then and then isn't there work fate, your way out. Yeah, there isn't their Fate Zero and all that stuff. I was gonna go basically by date of when they were, the years they came out, and then watch them. In There's that nothing order. wrong with that. However, as far as I'm concerned, I consider it a hard skip. Okay, it sounds good. It sounds good. I will I will take your recommendations because I have said Monica Magica is one of the greatest animes of all time. But yeah, they're like like top five yeah, off the top of this is huh? What Cajun? What were you saying? Uh, I was gonna say. Uh, I was going to say that I, f- I have a feeling this is going to be a topic that comes up again. So we can definitely have Natalie on the next time it comes around, you know, if, as long as we know it's coming around. Yeah. I, I just kind of just dropped it on everyone. But uh, yeah, because I had no topic, really. But this this ended up being a good topic and ended up running really long. And uh, this is going to be a lovely episode to edit because there's lots of edits to do. That um, I think we will just wrap up then. Yes. How's, how's that sound? Yeah. But go, 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 yeah. Go do some, go watch some anime. It's good shit. It's cool stuff play some video games so with that i am jay kid of wraith games and i am grant mcclure founder of go 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 check me out on twitch at twitch.tv slash brigadoon 564 i play destiny 2 and uh if you like what we're talking here about like stuff just drop in stop by i'll talk to you about everything anything whatever you want to talk about politics sure i don't care you want to talk about um anime Hell yeah. You want to talk about Power Rangers like one dude did? He dropped in and we just started talking about uh, Power Rangers and he hung out for like an hour and a half. It was awesome.
So yeah, we'll 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 talk. We'll hang out, shoot the shit, and then should we should we make a Discord for this show so that fans you know, like if anyone is interested, just kind of dropping messages and just kind of hang out. When the Patreon goes up, and we will be doing a Patreon here soon, um, that is actually one of the rewards tiers for the one dollar Patreon. It's going to give you access to the Discord channel. Sweet, cool, Woo. awesome. All right, that's dope. Uh, a little bit of tease. A little bit of tickling, if you know what I mean. Uh, Let Cajun sign off. Come on. Yes. All right. But yeah, like I was saying, uh, also, it's Brigadoon564 on Twitter. Yeah, it's Brigadoon564 on Twitter as well. And go check out the GoGo show on YouTube if you want. I haven't posted anything new, but I don't know. It's there. Go hang. Yeah. Cool stuff. Thumbs up. Don't forget to subscribe and like. (laughs) Click the little bell icon. Click the little bell icon so you know when I go live. Yeah. Hey everybody, I am Cajun, uh, host of the NDV podcast. You can catch me at Cajun underscore Cody on Twitter and at NDV pod. Uh, since uh, I actually have some cool news, I have an episode from last year that has been one of my, uh, actually two of my missing episodes. I found them both recently and I am currently working on editing them. Check them out, uh, follow at NDV because they will be coming online probably within the next couple of weeks um, depending on how quickly we can finish up the damn house we're almost done does that deserve a hype bell a hype horn honestly it does but I don't want to piss anyone off with that sound effect so no That's, uh, with that, if you uh, want to get in, in contact with us, you can email us at podcast at wraithgames.com. You can find us on Twitter at Wraith Games. Uh, you can download this podcast on iTunes, on Google Play, and then, of course, you can find it on YouTube as well, basically wherever wherever you do podcasts. And then uh, it, our next episode is our Game Club episode, and that is going to be for Beastmancer. We're gonna check that out. I hope. I, I mean, I'm I'm very curious. Go go rate us on iTunes and, and Google Play as well. That'll help us bubble up into the service because we talked about curation and we can't do curation without that peer curation. So go rate us. Go give us five stars. Whatever. If you give us a good review, we'll probably read it. Maybe if you. I mean, probably. Uh, I don't know. Cool stuff. For any listeners, I actually have a request. Um, so in this upcoming episode, we're going to be doing Beastmancer, like we've mentioned a couple of times. But I'm also working on getting together a uh, curated episode of small indie developers. Um, I know a couple of people online, just as fellow developers, that they're, they put out a lot of small, quick, casual games. If you know anyone that does that, if you have a favorite developer that you have a good mobile game, you have a little quick little desktop game, something like that, that you know they do a lot of work and they just don't get a lot of exposure, please uh, tweet me, email me at uh, the NDB, uh, at NDB, I'm going to have to look this up. Um, <laughs> I think it's at the, at the NDB, I know it's been so long since I've plugged this email address, man, like a year. But um, yeah, tweet me at, uh, at KGen underscore coding for this. And let me know about them. Tag them up there on Twitter. Tag me their image. Something, something, please. So because that way, what I'm planning on doing, uh, or we're planning on doing, is we're going to check out a few of their games, each of them, and you know we're talking about the, our favorite ones, and then see which one really they feels like the developer should go back and has the most potential to make this into a big game, a great game that hopefully they can help break out with. So. Viewer request, uh, call out for that, please. 
Sweet. Us. Love, peace, chicken grease, guys. I'm out. It's the Two Devs and a Dude podcast. Signing out. See ya. Bye.